Friday's podcast. I am your host, OJ. It's Archie. Hey. And it's Archie. And today we have a special episode for you guys nearing the end of the year. But before we introduce him, I want to ask my co-host, what do you think of art? What comes, what is the first thing that comes to mind when I say the word art? Uh, For me, it's visual arts, like painting and drawing, sculptures, how about you, Archia? Mine would be probably performing arts because I'm a dancer and singing and songs and music, all of that. What about you, OJ? Uh, I think of origami and beautiful women. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, you know the, you know, you know the, you know the vibes, man. You know what it is. The beautiful sculptures of women. Yeah, man. Women make the best. Uh, subjects and just saying they're, they're so beautiful and i think about them all the time especially my <laughs> girlfriend <laughs> uh, um and there's also obviously we're such huge fans of like you know cinema right like movies and um audio like what we're doing now i would say i would consider this is a type of um art expression <laughs> that we're doing For sure. So a little bit about our guest um, for this episode, uh, which discusses the future of Filipino art. So Czar, or in his artist um, name, which is 02705011, he is considered the human embodiment of having too many tabs open in a web browser. And here's how we'll break that down a little bit. So our featured artist for our guest episode, he is definitely involved with concept art, with abstract paintings, and he also does experimental music. But he'll talk a little bit about that in the episode. So we really get into talking about expression, art expression um, as a Filipino. And I'm sure many of you other creatives out there you know, sometimes maybe wonder, like, how come my art is not considered to be Filipino enough, right? Like... How about you guys? What are your thoughts about that? You know, no matter what we do, whether it's in art, (laughs) music and language in certain parts of our cultural identity, how come that question still keeps on coming up? eh? How come we always face the question, why am I not considered Filipino enough in what I'm doing? You know, um, we obviously discussed it in our first episode, but. What are your thoughts on that, on why that seems to be a regular issue we face nowadays? I think it's just because we hate each other. That's <laughs> that's facts. We just hate each other. We just hate each oh. other. We only come together when, you know, it's time for elections or when Manny Pacquiao fights or when it's New Year's. But I think yeah. it's just embedded in our culture in our culture, in our DNA, our DNA code, actually, mm-hmm. to not all right, be supportive. It's all right, truth. 
Yeah, it's a hard truth. Um, there's not enough love in the culture, in our community, for each other. And that's why we face this question all the time. Like, why am I not Filipino enough? Why is that even a question, right? And we we mentioned that in the first episode, it's still coming up and we're on our 10th. So, you know, we're still continuing to put in the work and having this tough conversations with you all, keeping it real, that um, we need to support each other and believe in each other, lift each other up, especially in different kinds of, you know, art forms, whether it's music, whether it's music, movies, um, in this case, visual arts, fine arts, right? It's like, let's be proud to push each other forward, you know, in the way someone is creative, in the way that they curate food, in the way that someone um, is creative, in the way that they curate fashion, or the way that they express themselves as a Filipino, let's just show love for each other. And that's really what we're here to do. So, you know, I just got to say thank you to everybody that continues to reach out uh, and show us some love. Um, you know, recently we got in touch with one of our listeners who really shared a compelling story about how um, listening to our episodes has really impacted his life in a regular basis where he's applied it to uh, the way he approaches things, of course, with love. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for uh, letting us know how much it's really resonated with you. You know, we definitely set out to connect with our community and help bridge some cultural gaps. And please continue to DM us, email us, uh, tell us how, you know, the episodes have, yeah, have resonated with your daily lives or how you've been able to answer some questions with your fellow families and friends or brought up some conversations that you've never had before um, in order to build that Filipino connection. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, you know, also one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast with my cousins is, you know, I've had always these thoughts in my mind and I wanted to, I want my ideas and my thoughts to be more stimulating, have more knowledge. So I dive into these res uh, like self-learning sessions by myself. And if ever I'm able to educate myself and our listeners and vice versa you guys can teach us something we all we're all gonna move forward and get away move away from you know me especially talking smack about our culture because that's i feel like that's what i end up doing all the time we're unlearning whatever negativity we've all learned how to be and do in our culture right yeah then for myself, it's kind of like I haven't really been immersed into like Filipino history and like background, like deep diving into it before. And so it's the first time of me learning and I guess unlearning too at the same time. And it's kind of cool, like seeing how things are playing out, especially with the podcast and then being able to talk to people who listen to us and like hear what hear the feedback that they want to provide for us yeah and uh, they've shared their experiences and um you know we're on your side if uh if there's something that you're wondering if you there's something you want us to question in the podcast hit us up we got you man we're gonna talk about it we're not scared to talk about it we're here to keep it real but keep it real with love so thank you so much to everybody for continuing to tune in to filipino friday's podcast and with that 
We're going to lead in right into our interview with our special guest. Thank you so much to DJ Czar. You can find him um, on YouTube, on Spotify. Um, you can find his art um, at RUZAR or 0270501 um, on Google. Just look him up. So much pleasure and with the greatest honor, please welcome our special guest, DJ Czar. My name is Czar. And I am an artist. And my name as an artist is 0270501, which is a bunch of numbers that may or may not mean a lot of things. But yeah, I think, you know, to keep it concise. Hi, my name is Zar. <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> and tell us where you're based and what type of right. art you do. I know you I, uh, do dabble in a, in a range, so, you know. I guess it's a range. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to say that I, I am a fine artist currently based in Manila. Um, but for the past five years, I think I've been traveling around just putting up shows, installations, and works all around. Um, quite recently, I've been doing some works all around Asia. And I'd like to say that my work falls under the abstract nature. Every now and then, I dabble into making music as well. I make experimental music. I also make, I guess, a lot of hip-hop these days. I, because of the pandemic, I currently started learning and creating hip-hop music, which was one of my first loves growing up. <laughs> but uh, I did just release a album, an EP in Spotify um, under, the, under a different moniker. This time it's called um, Little Happier. Uh, just a fun play of words. Um, I'm really proud of it because it was my pandemic project. I was able to create a bunch of songs uh, immediately and uh, luckily enough, Spotify approved it. And uh, here I am in Spotify as a little happier. Congratulations. Uh, That's so awesome. Thank you. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm actually really surprised because uh, when I started this project, it was really much more of a, you know, just me blabbering around about some stuff. And I didn't know that people are going to like it. And um, Just like us. <laughs> yeah, just like you guys. I was so surprised that the response was way overwhelming than what I expected but then again i have very low expectations so <laughs> that's awesome what were you gonna say i was gonna say that this guy also has more range because he has coffee too yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yes i do i do if you guys are in manila or anywhere in the philippines maybe um you you can check out our little coffee brand it's called fueled by cold brew uh let me do this spiel hold on um did you know some people can wake up in the morning, get straight to work, and be productive? Not me. I'm fueled by cold brew. There you go. Period. There you go. Our yeah. first ad, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I should have paid this. this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you'll get Manila. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's well, awesome. Uh, I'm really proud of that uh, cold brew brand because uh, for, for years now, I've been making my own coffee. Mm -hmm. And cold brew is one of the, the easiest thing to drink in the morning when you're in a hurry. You just yeah. pop it over ice and then gulp it down and uh yep. 
I guess I've been uh, I'm been really really into cold brew lately that people started getting into it too and uh, again because of the lockdown people were just bored and they wanted to buy something to make them feel nice so cold brew it is in the morning make yourself feel normal just a little bit definitely so uh, of course you know you've dabbled in uh, fine art abstract art music coffee coffee the art of coffee right we definitely want to ask you for all of these creative pursuits you know when did you discover your passion for creating art and music well you know that's that's really the the funny question that I really love answering because um most people when when at least most artists I know when they get asked about oh how did you start creating art 99% would say oh you know I was born and then when I was 3 I picked up a crayon and I just started drawing or like when I was 5 I really liked comics and I started uh, drawing comics but I guess I was kind of like a late bloomer because I only picked up a pencil and started to draw when I was um, 17, I think. Mm. So if you guys know about the 10,000 hour rule, mm-hmm. if you've heard of that, I'm very way behind that. <laughs> very way behind. I don't think I've, I've gotten my 10,000 hours yet. But for the past, how many is it now? Eight years that I've been creating art. I've been cramming those hours in. Mm -hmm. But when I was younger, like I said, I wasn't really much of an artist. It wasn't in my inclination. My family wasn't really an artist family, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was younger, all I really did was watch television and play video games. That's it. That was my biggest thing. Just, uh, Just going home from school and watch a lot of MTV bunch of anime cartoon network you know yeah just uh that that was that was my main thing though i wasn't very good at school either mm-hmm. uh, I, later on i realized it was because i had really bad adhd but um uh yeah when i was younger all i did was watch a lot of tv and uh i remember that uh my remote would always be broken right <laughs> so i would I, this is like such a first world problem, but like going up to the TV and then pressing the button yeah. yourself just to switch through the channels. It's just I, I would go from channel seven to a hundred every day, mm-hmm. and the fun part is that I would go through these channels, but the images that I would see going flipping through these channels. Later on, I, I realized that that's how my visual library was built. Mm-hmm. was because of how much different images I would see and just different music in a flash of a second I would be I I I still remember a lot of the the things that I would be looking into just random movies random cartoons random television show and those are basically what I grew up on you know mm-hmm. but going into high school I'm sure this was a a, a thing for most Asian kids when when you're in high school you you get really pressured of hey what are you going to take for college Mm -hmm. what are you going to take for uni what are you going to be when you grow up (laughs) what are you going to be it's not it's not like uh gap year isn't vocabulary here so you know you really got to and i remember my parents wanted me to take up 
engineering or some something business, which I didn't, obviously, from where I am right now. Um, I was a very stubborn kid. And my best friend at the time, he was the one who was an artist. You know, He was the one who was really drawing day in, day out. And I would be there, his number one fan, just talking to him. Hey, we, maybe we should draw this. Hey, maybe we should draw this, this Naruto character or something. So um, even though I didn't know how to draw, I followed him into uni where he's, he took up animation, which I also did. But I, I immediately realized that was such a bad idea because I did not know how much drawing it takes to create an animation. <laughs> you know, a single piece of anime, like a, a second of your favorite anime or cartoon, it takes 32 drawings wow. in one second. And I learned that immediately. The, the mm-hmm. moment I stepped into college going into animation, that was it. It's like, oh no, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> it was a really, really bad idea. But there was so much pressure, you know, trying to keep up. Because obviously, I don't want to fail a, a course that I stubbornly took. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there was there was that 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 issue of ego like i i went behind my parents wishes of taking engineering or, or doctorate or or business went into animation and then i'm gonna fail animation nah i ain't gonna yeah. do that <laughs> so that was me so i i, I would i would um, you know the ten thousand hour rule again i crammed that within one year i guess that I would the moment I would wake up I would look up tutorials on how to draw faces until the moment I sleep I'd be learning how to just keep on drawing really just keep on painting and then I I remember that that was the moment that I realized that hey art is actually pretty kind of cool mm-hmm. you know minus the whole drawing a lot of different things every day that you know just getting just doing that doing just creating this visual thing is kind of fun, mm-hmm. you know. And then somewhere along that time in my in my uni days, I discovered that people can get paid to draw images for movies. And that was at the time, I, it was so mind-blowing to me. I did not know that that was possible. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it's called concept art. You know, this was way back in, uh, I think, 11, 12, 2011, 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the landscape is way different back then, but um, that's how I started creating work that would eventually build my career, I guess, is that uh, I, 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 I painted some characters. Conveniently, they look like certain actors, and I posted them. This, I don't think this happens now. Because the landscape is way different. But back then, I posted in, in Facebook and DeviantArt. And by the next week, I got emails of people trying to hire me for their project. I'm like, hey, that's actually super freaking fun. Wow. So, yeah, this was a really, really uh, a stroke of luck is what I always say. I, I actually almost think that more of a manifestation like once you discover something and then it lights that fire and then you actually devote the hours to it, it just, the universe manifests that energy. And so these opportunities come from what you were doing. I guess so. You know, I wish I knew what manifestation was back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
I, I would really, really be, I, to be honest, I guess I still carry the same energy of just, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I just feel lucky. <laughs> right. It's like, I think it's, uh, you have to carry the same gratitude and that's what makes it exciting and, and, and nice. So when, when, when those opportunities happen, I was still in college, right? Mm-hmm. I think I was in first year or second year when I started creating work for games and movies. I would be creating five to eight images, five to ten images a day. That'll be like wow. environments, just like uh, images of characters. And I would be working in multiple projects at the same time. But the problem was, it feels like I haven't created anything because of your- I can't show them. Yeah. So I, I, before this conversation, I showed you a couple of my images. That was just like 5% of what I've created in, in my years. And the sad part is I don't even have access to them anymore mm-hmm. because they were created in the company computer and I, don't, I can't really bring them home with me. Yeah. They're, they're property of the, of the project or the company that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are just like legal realities that I learned on uh, in the middle of my journey. But that really bugged me down, man. Working 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, wow. 12 to 12 even sometimes just and then creating that many paintings. It, it tires you out. It burns. Yeah, it burns you out for sure. Quickly, yeah. very quickly. It it was it was it just just Monday to Saturday until just creating that type of um, that that meticulousness you put in into your work, and then you know you, you, of course you put in your soul and your energy, and then just not being able to see them in the light of day. Although you know when when the movies or the projects come out, it's really great. Yeah. Still, there's that. Ownership. It's a piece of yourself that you've surrendered. Exactly. No exactly. ownership of. Yeah. You have to sacrifice it. Yeah. yeah. For for years, I was in that stage until um, a director. A friend of mine said that when he saw my paintings, he mentioned, hey, you should go into fine art. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't really thought about making fine art. Like it was I, I guess a lot of designers would love to be in the fine art industry. Yeah. Right? If you make art right now, like the dream is to to be inside of a gallery. Mm-hmm. And for me back then as a younger artist, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to go into fine art maybe when I'm 40. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm 50, you know, when I'm already old and, and collected. But apparently there's a lot of younger people who are getting themselves into fine art. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very doable industry. It's a very um, open industry if you have, if you really work hard and do it. So when I started thinking that, when I started changing my perspective into what fine art was, that's when I discovered that there was this bigger conversation with myself of what type of art would I really want to make. Is that when you decided that, okay, I'm going to break out on my own and whatever that spills out of my heart, at least I can show it as my own. Exactly. You know, this is my, my talent. This is my world. This is my like, chance. Yeah. To finally shine. Yeah. Definitely. It's not really much of a shine thing. It's more of a, it's more of a, this is the type of work I want to grow old with. You know? Aww. Yeah, it's your legacy. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like, um, 
I I started when I started creating fine art. This opened a lot of conversations between myself and how I view myself, you know, and how I view the world, and how do I create these conversations about? Well, it all starts from yourself, really. It's just uh, growing up. I was raised in a Catholic environment, but my parents weren't Catholic. They were this another sector of, of of Christianity. So I always have one step. I always have one foot out of the door in terms of society. You know what I mean? Like I grew up in a Catholic uh, school, but I'm not Catholic, so I always look at it with a with a in another lens and. When I started having this conversation about my own work, it just created this this um, what do you say this tangent into spirituality. I'd say it's a quasi spiritual type of work. You know, I'm not really. It's on my own terms, but I don't know what I'm talking about yet. But I'm here laying down the groundwork so I can find out. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's the type of work that I would be making right now. And I realized that because of the amount of work that I did in my early days as an artist, creating this very um, intricate designs of characters, I don't want to ever want to make realistic works anymore. So I, I went full 180 and then started creating abstract work, which was a bunch of splatters and then um, random images that I would come up with. And I guess that kind of became the amalgamation of my of my work and the idea that I would get paid to to do this was just a big kind of a blessing and surprise to me that you know as an artist when you're in school or when you're working you're told constantly that oh you have to do this and this and this and that so you can reach this level yeah you know but then I realized that, you know, people shouldn't get discouraged from making stuff just because you think people are not going to like it or the world, you're not ready for it or the world's not there yet. Because once you understand that these things changes all the time, you know, like the world is the perspective that the world has is always evolving. Mm -hmm. You can then find a way to tell your own story, you know, or create your own work for example when i saw this this podcast online not a lot of podcasts would deal about filipino conversations yeah we're not really in the limelight yet hopefully soon we're gonna change that man we're gonna change that (laughs) yeah you know i i actually read this article lately it's uh it's about you know how for years and years now Filipino food has always been the next big thing yeah always like when is it actually going to be the next big thing though <laughs> but you know it's I, I do- you say that because we just did record a food episode and he really said you know people have been saying that because it's the approach to our food right mm-hmm. but the problem is for whoever is Filipino there, um, there's also been a cultural, it was like uh, was such an amazing line. When you hear it, you'll know. There, He said, there is such a cultural dilution with the younger generations because of the generational thinking of teaching somebody to assimilate and not become Filipino enough. Like right, should, right. That it's caused something like a cultural dilution of our right. heritage that now what he's trying to do with food is really push that narrative at the forefront. So I think you'll really enjoy that. But yeah, anyways, yeah, carry on. That's so amazing. <laughs> no, that's, 
that's the thing. Um, a lot of the creatives right now are at least the ones that are aware of these things or just that have this in their in their mindset. We are approaching almost the same summary. For years and years now, that's been the question. What is Filipino art? What is what is Filipino food? How is this how are we gonna share this to the world? And that's the, also the exciting part of it because mm-hmm. it hasn't been set yet. So it's up to us right now to, to push and define what it is. Yeah, and like just jumping off of that, actually, which is a great way for, for us to segue into this next question, right? You know, you're creating abstract art, fine art. You know, what are the challenges of creating art that's not considered or identified as, you know, Filipino? So for for our listeners, would could you maybe elaborate the differences between what's considered Filipino identified art and your pieces? Right. So here's the thing. If you, I guess it's, it's, you know, it's normal. It's general. But once you say Filipino art, more or less, the thing that the person's going to think of is probably a painting by Juan Luna mm-hmm. you know, or a solo art or the Spolarium or the dogs playing poker in a carpet behind your lawless dining room. <laughs> On a banana. On a banana. Tribal exactly. even. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or tribal art, the one that they get for tattoos. Yeah. And, you know, that's all well and done. And those are amazing pieces of work. It's part of our but history. Yeah. It's part of our history. And there's a certain respect to it. And yes, that the Filipino economy, when it comes to art collecting, which, by the way, Filipinos are actually really big on art collecting. In Asia, we're one of the biggest industries and economies in art collecting. Wow. You think of that. Third world country and we collect so much art. Who knew? But yeah, that's that's a lot of what Filipinos collect and think when they think of art. And the thing with that is to be able to push art forward, to, to continue the economy of art or the industry of art. To innovate. Have, to innovate, exactly. You have to keep moving forward. You can't always just look into the past masters although again they are really amazing and if you have one good for you you're probably uber uber rich <laughs> but to op- to open this kind of conversation we have to start looking forward of what is art now who are the artists the filipino artists that are creating work these days today that are starting to create new perspectives or starting to create new conversations about what art is and that's with food with music with visual with movies it all is one and the same you know to be able to push this forward we have as filipinos the ones who are in manila or the ones who are abroad anywhere in the world really we have to keep looking into what's happening now i love baroque and edgar as a band yeah but at a certain point, I don't want to listen to Parakani Edgar 24-7. Mm-hmm. There are other bands. There are other Filipino acts that are really, really great right now. And I'm not going to suggest anything because I don't want to dilute the conversation with that. But, you know, if, if you're interested in, in seeing, there are so many artists that are Filipinos that are doing really great work right now. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us to find what it is that we like. 
I personally make abstract work. I make conceptual work. And if that's something that interests you, well, you can open up a conversation with me. That's basically it. My art, I've gotten this 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 message or this this conversation so many times now. Like people has been saying, like my art doesn't look Filipino, and my number one response to that is, why? Why is what is Filipino art for you? Because that's the thing. I'm Filipino. I identify as Filipino. Therefore, the work that I make is Filipino, isn't it? Yeah. So that's it. You're the future, man. My, my art <laughs> is the future Filipino. How about that? How about that, brothers and sisters? Come on. <laughs> Let's go. Snap, snap, click, click. Let's go. <laughs> that's the thing. That's that's. Uh, that's the thing a lot with artists is that, you know, people say that, oh, artists, it's not, it's not a, you're not going to be able to feed your, your anak with paint. You know, what are you, anong papakain mo sa anak mo, pintura? Just as a translation for um, the uh, mixed Filipinos or right, right. diaspora, he said, um, you know, what are you going to feed your kids with art? Or how are you going, like, with your paintings, how are you going to feed your family? So that's what the translation is. Yeah? Yeah, basically that. But a lot of people are missing out that, hey, this is an industry. People actually collect art. People pay for art. And mm-hmm. as Filipinos, we have to divert the, the, the mindset that, okay, what does art collecting mean for me? Or what does art mean for me as a Filipino? You know, because if we want to move this creative industry forward, again, not just with just visual or painting, just with food, we have to support this. We have to create conversations about, oh, this is good art because of this and this and this and this and this and that. Just just like with any other industry, it starts with where you are or where you're from. The people that are supposed to, but here's the tricky part in that, the people that are supposed to 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 support your work are the ones where you came from. But I personally have gotten a lot more support when I'm outside of the country or with, with, with people that are not in Manila or the people that are not Filipinos. And that's such a, this one I don't have an answer for because that's such an interesting fact to me that when you're in Manila, you have to be able to go out first and prove yourself into the world stage before they'll take you seriously. I, I don't th- I don't know if this is normal for a lot of people. Yeah, like just to jump on that, like why is it that, you know, as a Filipino uh, in, in a you know when when it comes to the masses or the 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 general people they would rather have that you as an artist be validated first, first by other people other ethnicities abroad before they would acknowledge you as successful or validate your work you know in the motherland in like in your home like why what why is it like that? It's like when you're trying to apply for a job, but then they're like, oh, no, like you don't have enough experience. It's like I'm trying to get experience from you, but you won't give it to me. You won't I'm trying to, it. yeah, I'm trying to stake exactly. my place here, but you won't accept me. You won't give me a chance. But yet you will, you know, give me this claim when I've reached success outside of here. Yeah, no. I get that 100%. And to get into your job thing, 
this was my experience before too when I was applying. When I wasn't applying as a concept artist, I would give out my resumes, right? And then that's the first thing that they'd say is, like, oh, you don't have job experience. So I thought, okay, I'll just make my own work. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how me posting in social media happened. I started creating my own projects, posted that, and then people started seeing the work. And I guess it would apply to today too. Like if you want to push yourself as an artist or as a creative, you have to create the work and then you have to build your own community. And then you have to build your own conversations, create that support within yourself, within your circle and push it forward because really in this world right now, that's the only way to go. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people there that you would hope, like even as fellow Filipinos that would support you, but don't. don't. And so that's why it's very critical um, to build that network, to build that community, to build that support for you, you know, as you are um, pursuing the type of work that you're doing and sharing it with everybody, because that kind of micro bubble that you have is integral in order to continue to, to feed you that energy and support in doing the type of work that you do. So, um, you know, with that, you know, you've, you've shared that you've showcased around the world and some people let's say in the Philippines may, may have slept (laughs) quote on your work up until (laughs) you were published uh, and you were able to, um, to be um, like an artist in residence in, you know, internationally, you're able to showcase and highlight your work somewhere else. Pretty much make a name for yourself. Yeah. Can you tell us about what it was like being a Filipino artist in this type of international landscape? You did share a story with me, you know, with your experience in Hong Kong. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So, the thing with with uh, art residencies is, um, oh, for those who don't know, art residencies is a, some sort of program where artists would be hosted by a gallery abroad or anywhere else, and you'd be you'd, they'd host you. It could be paid or it could be not paid. Just it's a very varied system, which um, very questionable, <laughs> but uh, it's a really exciting experience to be able to go to another place, create work, showcase your work in that gallery, etc., etc., etc. Normally, when 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 artists uh, go into artist residencies, it's because um, galleries have certain connections to galleries abroad. So they'd be um, supporting a artist uh, that they like in a certain place and then bring them to another place to move the mythology of the artist. Yeah. Um, So what happened to me was I personally just like to go around at least uh, for the last three years around Asia. I've been going around Asia for inspiration. I'd be meeting people just experiencing the life of what it's like um, in Thailand or in Hong Kong. And throughout my journey, I guess, I would meet certain people that are part of the industry, part of the art industry. And and I am very lucky to be able to be uh, given opportunities by those galleries. By, by um, As per my last Hong Kong residency was with uh, Nido Gallery, which was located in central Hong Kong. 
amazing space. Now, because of the pandemic, they moved back to Taiwan. So their main gallery now is in Taiwan. But uh, back then, it was in Hong Kong. And I was... uh, lucky enough to be able to show there and they would they hosted me and i and i really had a great experience but uh, there was this uh, to to connect to that uh, story uh the day of my show um i guess because you know when you're an artist most of the time you probably just wear it's it's either two things it's either you're super eccentric looking with colorful items and and just jewelry all around you or you're probably wearing all black and as simple as you can be that's it's just that's the that's usually the case i'm not saying i'm just generalizing so at the time of my show i as per my personality i just wear very simple clothes and I was going around, you know, looking into the gallery, uh, very much proud of what I've accomplished, being able to showcase my work in Hong Kong. When a couple approached me and mistook me as the gallery help and asked me to um, clean some sort of uh, something that spilled on the gallery floor. Oh, and, my God. <laughs> which now looking back, I was infuriated, but now I'm thinking maybe it's an honest mistake, you know. I, I'm, You're just I'm so pretty... humble. <laughs> no, the thing is, profile. Let's just not accept that. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like you know, um, when the normal reality is when when Filipinos are abroad, the first thing that people are gonna think is, oh, there might be, you know, they're they're working as a maid or they're working as a as a nurse, which are very respectable um professions uh, professions right but at the time i was i was the artist in residence and i was infuriated right but looking back now i'm actually really really happy about it because just uh last month like almost like two weeks after i i told you that story the gallery told me that that couple actually bought a couple of my works i guess so that was like there's like secure (laughs) (laughs) yes yes just a sprinkle of guilt into that art purchase let's go (laughs) no but uh so yeah now i'm not angry about it now i'm like hey honest mistake i forgive you <laughs> when you first told me that story i was completely horrified <laughs> I was like, how no, me- dare you people <laughs> this is literally my show as the <laughs> filipino artist yeah so for them to buy a couple of your works after that's right pay me, you just pay me. let's go that, <laughs> yeah i'm really i'm really I guess I had the full 180 too, the way I, how I viewed that experience because uh, that, that couple also um, put me on this uh, uh, Paris online show right now that's happening. It's, uh, I'm part of the uh, curation in singleart.com. Uh, it's, it's, they're based in France, I think. I have to double check. But uh, yeah, a couple of my works are now in that space. Wow. Um, and hopefully it goes well. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully it goes well, you know. But I'm, um, I'm, I guess those are the, besides the, the, all the depressing things that are happening because of COVID, 
I guess people are now uh, less desensitized with doing online things. Because mm-hmm. back then, when you think of online art or online school, you know, there's always there's always this this, this stigma. Yeah. Exactly. But now, doing that's like oh, it's yeah, the should... only way to operate. <laughs> Exactly, and now with with these opportunities coming in, like I am gonna take full advantage of this and create much more work because of this. And that's actually, um, if you guys haven't yet, please do follow me on Instagram at at ruzar. That's a r e y o u z a r. That's where I post most of my work, and I pride myself in having a very dedicated following there. It's not much, but that's how I like it because the people who are there are the ones that are actually really, really there looking, supporting, and having conversations with me about the work. And if you're interested to see my work, it's really there or my website. It's uh, com. But because of this whole corona thing, really, the digital digitalization of, of art, um. I had to figure out a way for myself on how to create art moving forward. Because when the lockdown happened, I, I, I think I've mentioned this story before. When the lockdown happened, I was uh, my, my studio in Manila got quarantined. That whole area was, was a spot for COVID. Oh, wow. And I couldn't, and I couldn't come in. All of my my things, my materials. I was out. I was locked out of my my place for like a month or so. Oh wow! And in my head, I knew I had to create something because, like, I can't just spend two months not doing anything, you know. <laughs> so I had to to put my groundwork on how would I create work with the tools that I have. Mm-hmm. Luckily enough. When I was a concept artist, I was trained using digital um, tools, you know, Photoshop, uh, 3D, VFX. I'd be, I'd be using those tools to create the type of work that I used to make. And I thought, what if I start using these tools again, but now in the context of fine art? Yeah. How do I treat these softwares, these lines of code, this, this uh, VFX how do I treat this the same way that I would treat paint or brush to create an artwork? And uh, if you're following my work, you'd see a lot more of that uh, moving forward because now I'm really integrating Filipino art. You know, I'm really integrating what it means to be living as a Filipino in 2020, moving forward 2021, to be able to create the same type of mindful work that dwells within the same conversations of a gallery, but using the modern tools that we have. And I guess the fun part of it is I don't know yet what type of images I'm going to be able to make. But so far with the collection that I've been building, I've gotten some really, really good responses. A lot more people are excited about this. And funny enough, with with the same um, motif as building a community, I've been bringing along a lot of, uh, I guess they, they like the idea of creating digital work that a lot of uh, local artists are starting to incorporate this type of idea of, hey, 
what if we start creating this with with uh, with this type of program? What if we use code? And the the exciting part is seeing much more people exploring and experimenting about what art is to them. And That's I awesome. really, really love that. Yeah. That's great because I'm sure that was kind of, you know, with your own journey, that was really challenging to overcome. First of all, having to go against these critics who don't identify your art as Filipino enough and continuing to push forward with what you know is supposed to be, you know, future forward art as a Filipino artist with creating, you know, fine art pieces and then integrating some digital components into that. Now you have, um, you know, locals who are inspired by that work and are also interested in continuing that type of work and pursuing that line of work. That's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Like there, there is, there is, there is no lack of amazing Filipino artists that are living today. Um, a year ago I was uh, lucky enough to be able to, uh, do, to curate a show in Deutsche Bank Philippines (laughs) for a, uh, for their, a BGC office in their what do you call it, their lobby I guess like uh, I was able to curate a, a bunch of Filipino living contemporary artists and dude I'm telling you if you just if you just look there's amazing work amazing work yeah. like you have just the idea that Filipinos are doing this right now is insane. Why is this not being showcased all around the world? Why is this not being, why is this guy not the best new artist, you know? And that's the, that's really the thing that we have to start moving forward too. Like we have to have a more nurturing landscape for artists to explore or just create art that breaks this current ecosystem, you know? And I guess the last time we talked, we were we were enjoying just different examples of how the Filipino is being highlighted in media, and I think that's also a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. the more that we have these types of work, the more that we see it in television or in Netflix. You know, of 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 um, of mga the shows of the shows highlighting different uh, Filipino culture or just the language itself, because. I know they're doing this because we're really big on social media. <laughs> yeah, we we are the, I would say, in the, the Philippines is like the most social media or <laughs> yeah, tech savvy uh, consumers in Asia. Yes. Um, and definitely, you know, Filipinos in general are global. You know, we're not just in the Philippines. We're, we're not global, global, we're global. We're global. <laughs> we're global. <laughs> so let's go come on let's see more of these filipino stories these filipino That's narratives true. these filipino faces these filipino talents let's go yes, exactly. let's get this tinapay yeah. I, let's get that t- oh my god i'm gonna start using that yeah. get that tinapay <laughs> girl you're a genius i love that okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yes. yes. <laughs> Amazing. Exactly. If you don't mind, I'm gonna start using that. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> Amazing. All love, man. That's what we want All to promote love. here on, on the <laughs> podcast. Like for some of you who are listening, um, you know, who are um, artists or creatives, right? Yeah. Let's show support for each other. Like as fellow Filipinos, I think for too long, there hasn't been enough love. Yeah. And that's what we okay. are really trying to push forward with, not only with this podcast, but with our, you know, Filipino Fridays fam, with our community, right? Exactly. Like, walang crab mentality dito. Nah, there's no crab mentality here. Walang ano, walang bitter, walang, sure, <laughs> walang sure. mega, not allowed. No negative people allowed, no bad vibes allowed, no yeah. bitter people allowed. You know, when it comes to fellow Filipinos, let's raise each other up, let's support each other. Definitely. You know? And I know you kind of sort of answered my question, but I'm just going to, you know, ask it outright. Like, what do you hope to see happen in the future for artists who are breaking the mold, you know, becoming bold with being more experimental and uh, being understood in the art form that they create, especially when it comes to the innovative artists in the Philippines. Like, what do you hope to see in the future with these right. fellow Filipino artists? Right. For, for Filipino artists as a whole, it's no question we have to keep creating. That's really it. We have to keep making our work. We have to keep cooking. We have to make, we have to keep painting. We have to keep doing music. We have to make the, we have to do the art first. We have to share this art. And then we share this to the audience. And as an audience, we have to be, as a Filipino audience, even to myself and for everyone who's listening, I think the key thing here is we have to be able to be in this mind space where we're actively looking and supporting and enjoying these types of work. To be able to, to not just listen to the good old days, but open our ears into the next um, sound that's coming out of the Philippines. The next generation. The, the next generation. Yeah. We have to listen to new music. We have to look, we have to eat new food. We have to look at new art. We have to start collecting art if we're, if we're economically in a good space. We have to start collecting art because that's the only way we can push everything else forward. And if you haven't started yet, there is there's a lot of resources online for you to just put yourself into this um, narrative of, of Filipino art or contemporary yeah. art as a whole. Yeah. And how do we able to support this? Um, you know, you share art. That's already a big thing. You talk about art. You you make art on your own. A lot of people say, "Oh, I can't draw." No, you can draw. It's just that you think that your drawings are bad, but it's not. <laughs> that's that's really the thing here. It's that's the stigma that a lot of people have and carrying themselves. But again, this is why this podcast resonated with me. Is I feel like the only way to move forward is to start creating communities, expand the conversation such as this. And we have to continue and grow and nurture everything that's happening in the art world or in just everything that's happening to Filipinos right now. Yes. Yep. Period. Period. 
That was amazing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if we're not going to support each other when, like, that's why we have to do that now, because our culture, preserving our culture and our relationship with each other and the community is, uh, it's integral for us to keep that love together because, exactly. you know, uh, when I think of the other cultures, I'm going to use Chinese just because that's something I know quite closely. The reason why generation to generation, um, their culture is so well preserved from like history, right? Like 500 years and more centuries is because of that type of uh, love and community and, um, and support that they've had through the years for each other. That mm-hmm. is something that we need to learn as Filipinos. And part of where that type of um, disconnection happened for us is, of course, when we were colonized, right? It also doesn't help that we're also spread out in different islands, right? And um, and so through the years, <clears throat> there's been that disconnection, not only among each other in the Philippines, but even disconnection with fellow Filipinos overseas, right? So that is something that we're hoping, you know, with also with this podcast, we kind of bridge the gap there, uh, try to provide some perspectives where we understand each other so that it could really set up the foundation for us to all um, just support each other and understand each other and heal and yeah and heal as a as a culture as a nation so gotta bring the islands together <laughs> that's true that's true that's that's yeah. a big that's a big conversation too you know the whole colonization part because of the years and years of us being stripped away from who we are naturally as Filipinos we have a long way to go to be able to pull back what it is that made, what makes us tick, you know? Yeah. But I think in a positive note, I think that's the exciting part of it. Because mm-hmm. again, the, the conversation is open and the definition is up for the taking. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part of any, I think, I personally think of any artwork. That's why a lot of artists say, I don't know when my art is going to be done. It's just, it's never done. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's true, you know. Art is always moving forward, just like our culture. Our culture is always open, and we have to figure out what makes it tick. You you do research, you you talk to your lola about how their experience was, and you learn so much more about culturally what makes us Filipinos, especially with 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 the abundance of stories and mythology that the Filipinos have beyond the usual aswang or yeah. beyond the usual uh, tikbalang. There's so much more. There's so much more features. Like we can actually have our own Norse mythology if someone was, was um, you know, hardworking enough <laughs> to collect. create that. Yeah, to collect everything. And there has been a lot of efforts of doing that. There's been a lot of efforts in doing that. And, I think, you know, as Filipinos, we have not just with food, like the history of us, we have to keep collecting and sharing and enjoying these conversations, especially now that we are in the world stage. Yeah. Because of the internet, everything's in the world stage Mm -hmm. and we have to take our spot. That's right. (laughs) Click, 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 click. Let's go. (laughs) 
Yeah, and like this is like, a perfect um, opportunity because yeah, you know, not only with being in COVID space, but in terms of being in the age of information and being online, there's just so many ways that somebody could explore their roots and their um, their origins a little deeper, and perhaps you know even. Uh, even aside from that, when it comes to somebody who is a creative and somebody who is a Filipino creative, they're able to find these networks, they're able to find these inspirations online, and then they're able to also apply it into their own influences and mm-hmm. uh, and continue to do, um, to put in the work, create, make and create art and um, really put their heart and soul behind that, not only as a Filipino, but as somebody, you know, who... Um, Who's an artist? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So if you're a Filipino and you're not living in Manila, the next time you do come back, it's nice to get a tattoo of the Alibata or whatever. But, you know, maybe, maybe. Collect some, you know, Arnie sticks. <laughs> yeah, collect some Arnie sticks. <laughs> Those like tourists like draws for somebody exactly. from outside of <laughs> the exactly. it's it's one it's one way to be a tourist it's another to be a traveler mm. and if facts. you're gonna travel facts facts and if you're gonna travel back to the philippines and actually travel to learn your roots you know be in that space be open to figuring out what else is the filipino doing Mm-hmm. And how do you insert yourself or you bring yourself into that story and how what you take away? Because when we explore these things, we are indefinitely going to influence this. We're going to get influence moving forward and we're going to bring the bring that with us, you know. So, for example, you guys that are watching here right now or listening here right now, if you look at my work and you think and you already know that I'm Filipino, the thing is, you're going to think that Filipino work looks like this, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Because now people are going to start, you know, having this conversation with you. Oh, what do you think of Filipino art? Oh, I know this artist. He does this, did that, and that, and this, and that. Oh, he does this um, weird ass music. He does this some um, um, splatters on 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 paper, and it's actually really fucking cool. And uh, yeah, we have to keep saying that. We have to just like like give out information to other people this is what it looks like right now only way to move forward that's amazing yeah look you know just to be clear and i always do (laughs) disclaimer we we don't ever knock if you want to go get a tribal tattoo whenever you go home like you do you right live your truth <laughs> want to go get those like those guys on your yeah like that like that's that's fine we support you like live your life but we also caution that also look deeper into you know What's your the, history and yeah. the roots and exactly and how how these stories and how being in this land um, you know, is a part of your life, right? It's, right. Um, I think it's it's kind of like a rabbit hole. Yeah. Like we yeah. have to, we all have to be Alice and then just jump into the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Exactly. And that's, that's why I like to keep my work under monikers because 
I I like the the when people experience my work. I want it to be as direct as it could be. You know, if you take away the artist, let's say me, if you know my work and think that the artist that made this is named zero twenty seven zero five zero one, you're not gonna be putting on an image of a person in your head. There's no bias. There's no bias. There's no perce- yeah, preconceived. Yeah, that's no smart. Just wow. Yeah. Yeah. So when you experience the work, it becomes not what the artists feel or think. That's why they made this work. It's about how you yourself perceives this work, and that's one of the reasons why I don't have an actual name in my work. But um. Yeah, besides the fact that the numbers are actually a really, really fun way to know if people vibe with you or not. Like, if they really like me, they'll remember the the bunch of numbers, the 0.70501, and they'll mention it. And that's cool. And I like that. And that means I'm going to spend more time with this person because this is actually a very conducive relationship to have. But if not, you know, that's okay. That's okay. And it, it helps me. it helps me figure out where to spend my efforts on and where, where to bring my energy into, you know, protect, protect the, the, the energy that I bring into the world. Cause that's really, you, you have to protect your creativity. Yeah. You have to keep, keep doing what you're doing and not be discouraged about anything else that's happening in the world. Although it is very difficult right now. I got to say, you know, that's, but the fun part is everyone's down. So, yeah. If everyone's down, no way from here but up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, um, I can only associate it out of my own like experiences and my own um, knowledge. But yeah, when I think of like musical artists like her and um, Saweetie. And- so, yeah, well, and I, I'm more so mean like Daft Punk and Gorilla Boys. Like, you know, by pushing the art forward, it's about the art. It's about who receives the art and how, what it means to them. It's not about the person. <laughs> and right. so, like, for her especially, like, you know, nobody knew what, who she was at first. Like, she just really wanted to focus on her lyrics and her music and her sound. And then it's only when she started getting like all these commercial success that people are like, okay, who is this person? <laughs> and then she's like, okay, everybody, like, hi, it's me, but I'm going to wear some shades because like, you know, for me, it's integral that we focus on the music and we focus on exactly. the art, right? And that's that's why it's important for me to push that forward yes. as an artist. Yeah. That's, like, that's yeah. beautiful, really. Yeah, that's the, that's the only other comparison or association I can make it for like, you know, from my own um, knowledge but of course like it's right in the same plane it's very aligned in that way like for you it's like I don't need to put my face out there my name doesn't need to be out there it's about my message through my work it's about my creation and this is really what is the most important part right and exactly. how and how it resonates with you as the recipient of that blessing right mm-hmm. so I agree I think to go in depth into that like um Art has always been the counterculture. That's where art lies. When when Andy Warhol became Andy Warhol, there was no such thing as that type of celebrity worship. Mm-hmm. You know? And nowadays, everyone's a celebrity. Mm. You're a celebrity. 
a couple of of of, of likes and you're already a celebrity. Everybody, yeah. exactly. Everyone's an influencer. So how do you how do you manage through that when everyone's an influencer? Mm. I remember there's this uh, quote from The Incredibles that I really really love. Um, <laughs> You know Syndrome? You know Syndrome? Yeah. From The Incredibles? He said, when everyone's super, no one is. Mm, true. That's the thing. That's the thing that we have to figure out. Like, it's nice to know what's going on into the world and, and be part of the of of what's the bandwagon right now, you know? But if you want to be, if you want to push through the the perspectives, you got you to gotta start creating something new. Be an original. Be an original. You got to start mixing Filipino food with, uh, I don't know, with Indian food maybe. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, that's like, true to you. That for the for the food episode, um, you know, his goal was to present uh, Filipino food in an approachable, uh, globally, universally um, accepted, um, I guess, format. That way people will be more enticed to dive into it right so he really goes into that it's like in order for us to um get it to a way where it is going to be universally accepted or known it needs to be presented <laughs> in a way that definitely be able to appreciate right so anyways yeah did you have any other notes or questions i mean at the end of the day everything is like what they say in the eye of the beholder like the beauty is in the eye of the beholder so it depends on your audience and it depends on who we want to reach out to but as long as you just if it's just one single person you um reach or touch then that's you're already done you did your work Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's it's nice to have very low expectations. <laughs> My thing is is no expectation. Like hope for the best and expect the worst. That's all. Exactly. Very stoic of you. Yeah. Awesome. I, I personally, you know, to 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 add to what your your other episode said, I think to summarize every all of the blabbering that I've done so far for the past hour, <laughs> I guess for me it's just continuing the conversation that's the summary of it we have to be able to keep talking and making these types of works so we can explore more and experiment on what's going to be moving forward that's it for me and being open-minded to continue to have these conversations yeah <laughs> I'm your sassy pizza. I don't approve. No negative vibes. None of these trolls. None of these keyboard warriors. <laughs> yeah. No bashers allowed. It's all Filipino love here. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a big. Are you guys? Do you guys talk to Filipinos often? Yeah. Oh, family. Yeah. Yeah. Family. Mm-hmm. A lot. Uh, just a little tangent that I, I've been thinking about a lot lately. You know, the, the Filipino vocabulary, it's very negative. <laughs> like um, when people, uh, I, I don't know if you guys have heard of this lately, but a lot of people say sana all. <laughs> sana Yeah, you know it was fun. It was. It was. I'll <laughs> love here. I'll love. I'll love to your sister. But um, you know, I I recently realized that it's such a difficult word to throw around. 
It's discouraging. <laughs> it's very discouraging. Yeah. Okay, so translation for y'all who don't understand Tagalog, sana <laughs> all is like, oh, like, like if only for yeah, everyone. If only. Like, for example, like, oh, she got a boyfriend or he got married. Or he, yeah, or he's, or this person's successful. Oh, if only for everyone. Like, yeah. it, like there's, there's a tone of sarcasm to it. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, oh man, like really, like what? Why do you? Why can't yeah, okay. we just be happy? Disclaimer: for them? My little cousins taught me that in the Philippines when I went back, <laughs> and I brought it to Canada. I'm so sorry. Uh, You're part of the problem, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but you know, you know what? Maybe we'll make merch. We'll make merch that says, "Let's get this to Napai." Sana all to Napai. Put that on a shirt. Let's get this to Napai. What up? What up? How you doing? It's your boy. I love it. Get that to Napai. That's so good. But yeah, you're right. There's always like some sort of like. Uh, negative connotation, like yeah. some like the colloquial words in the Philippines, yeah. right? To explain to explain to the the people who are not familiar with it, this is a, a phrase that a lot of Filipinos throw out on. Like uh, "sana all" basically means your achievements. I want those achievements. I mm-hmm. wish I had those achievements, but I have as an excuse. That I don't have those achievements, therefore I'm not going to be happy about it. Yeah, that's what it basically means, you know. It makes and me it, sad. <laughs> it, it's it, I don't like it because it does not further the conversation. Yeah, it stops it there, you know. When you share something, oh, I made I made this new music, and it's like sana all. I'm like, all right. I guess we're yeah. naming this episode sana all. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I already had a, a title uh, episode uh, picked up for you. You'll be quite pleased. <laughs> that's but, that's um, good to hear. Yeah, no, yeah. But the thing is that that happens a lot, right? Sanaol is not an outlier. Yeah. This is it's it, it's common. Uh, there's a lot of phrases that are like that in the Filipino vocabulary, and I think mm-hmm. we have to be mindful moving forward about which words are we gonna be able, are we gonna be using? Because mm-hmm. language matters. Guys. Yes, language is is a, it's one of the the first thing that that's gonna affect the peop, the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. What you say is what they feel. And you have to you have yep. to think about that. See, I want to touch on that, but I know I'm going to trigger a lot of people. And don't worry, y'all. We're going to save this word or language, this topic, for some other episode coming up. But the language, when when you say language, right? There's this long-standing, not long-standing, actually, no, I stand corrected. Uh, it's occurred maybe the last five years, you know. Mm-hmm. The language of Filipino versus Philippine X. So that like nothing gets the blood boiling (laughs) more for some uh, Filipinos out there uh, when it comes to that type of language. Like what you said, right? Like language matters and how how that would affect whoever is using them or how somebody identify as, right? 
Oh, man, um, I have to share an example. You know, recently we had some friends of ours, right, and they were published um, using the X. And it just created this wave of, like, toxic and, and vitriol of, of negativity from, you know, people that were based in the Philippines because of using the X instead of the O. And that, like, we're obviously going to save that for another episode. You guys watch out. That's going to be a hot one. <laughs> we're just giving a teaser right now. We're just going to. Okay, okay. Yeah, but, yeah, that's, that's the thing that we, you know, that we want to um, have a conversation about or right. open up the lines of communication. <sighs> it's hot. I have to take off my sweater. I'm eating <laughs> Grabe. Let's make this vi- this this spot this uh, episode viral. If you, what do you guys think? Comment on the on the video below. Well, I'm cutting this part. Right? <laughs> this is like right. I know I would trigger so many people, but that's why I'm like gonna... I have to save it for later. Right. Save it for a much more uh, expert, much more. Yeah. Expert. Honestly, if you strip away all the colonialism, Filipinos have been one of the most gender um, fluid cultures ever. Exactly. Pre-colonial, we're gender fluid, we were polyamorous. Exactly. We had much more adventurous and exciting times before the Spanish came in. It's like, oh, sex is bad. (laughs) Before Catholicism came in, we were pretty funky. Yeah, we were pretty funky. Yeah. Um, uh, everything was communal. The leaders mm-hmm. were, were um, um, uh, transgenders, you know? Um, even fe- sometimes just generally female or feminine. That's who, who are the people who were, who were um, leading the tribes. And we, we were very progressive early on. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> What happened? There's a quote I want to share with you. Like when you yeah. were talking, um, I, I follow this uh, account called like Dr. Therapy Night. <laughs> <laughs> and she, there was a note here. Um, it's unknown who the origin, but she said to colonize a people's mind, you must first demonize their culture and their traditions. That's true. That's, that's what happened to us. That's exactly what happened. Until now, people think, you know, there's there's this self racism happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like until now we put ourselves down. Until mm-hmm. now we 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 bring our achievements away from the Filipino narrative. It's mm-hmm. always it's always the the white people who are great, or it's always this who are great. But in fact, we're also great. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah. Um, yeah thank you like just to kind of wrap up we always like to do something fun as you know okay okay. all the episodes um you know for whoever um is interested in visiting the philippines and who hasn't gotten an, an opportunity to come and visit right what places would you recommend that they check out to be a little bit more um in tune or get in touch with their culture like would you recommend yeah, which places? To be a traveler and not to be a tourist. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. Okay. Well, as per of this recording, I literally have nothing to recommend. 
You're right. You're right. I love it. <laughs> Not right now, y'all. Not right now. When when, when the yeah, no. when the virus subsides and there's a vaccine. Yeah. When it subsides, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. All right. But right now, everything is is down. Everything is closed. Everything is just gone. All right. Um, but <laughs> hopefully, I could answer. Hopefully, I could answer that question though in, in the next few months. Hopefully, I can give you. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Sadly enough, I'm very sorry to say. That's all right. No problem. Well, okay, lastly, like for, um, you know, you mentioned The Incredibles earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share with us like some of your like influences and the way that you do music and art? Like, you know, what are some influences that you have, creative influences? Oh, wow. I forgot that this was a question. Um, (laughs) Honestly, there's a lot. I pride myself in in having too many tabs open. Yeah. You know, whatever whatever uh, uh, tab management you give me, I will always have 10 windows with 50 tabs each in my Google Chrome browser. And that's always that's always been my norm. It's just I would I would scroll. It's just like how I would flip into television shows when I was younger. I would flip through tabs in different topics and just that's how i would research things it's so just different different things so if you ask me about my influences oh i loved um i love kanye west kendrick lamar frank ocean but i also love james Turrell, takashi murakami as devlin you know just too many different artists and people but to sum it down at least for the people that i've mentioned kanye west kendrick lamar frank ocean Oliver, I, I think I'm gonna fuck this up, but Oliver Eliasson, James Terrell, Takashi Murakami, S. Devlin, S. Devlin. If you know these artists, what makes me look up to them as my influences is how intuitive they are in making their art mm-hmm. and how well they translate when they're bouncing genres or industries. You know how, um, for example, if you know James Terrell, he's the guy who makes um, lighting sculptures. Mm. Very spiritual, very um, like fine art as its peak, fine installation art, you know, very much celebrated Guggenheim Museum artist. But also, he made the installation in Drake's music video in the song, uh, Call Me on My Cell Phone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that they artist. Exactly. Come on, get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Sing it with me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, you get what I mean, right? Like, yeah. The fact that uh, that artist can translate in Guggenheim Museum transcends beyond and yeah. trans exactly. That's that's what my influence is. Like wow. how Kanye West basically trans transcends music into fashion and into art himself Kendrick Kendrick Lamar on how he how he transcended his his his, his previous hip hop work to creating a jazz ma- hip hop masterpiece and being a celebrated artist of its time Frank Ocean and his genre bending bullshit no man question, like, yeah. no question just that just being able to create those types of work and and to to translate genres industries and how they could make art 
and shape perspectives and further conversations and whatever they're doing. You know, there's so many things that these people are way ahead on that if once they start talking about it, people are going to think they're crazy. Like, um, but they're true masters. Yeah. When you think about it, exactly. Mm-hmm. there's so many, there's so many topics here that I don't want to start yeah. because we might end up having three more hours of conversations. <laughs> but, uh, I guess here's a hot one that I've been really into. Just just summarize it super quickly. Right now, there is a big question about, uh, how do you say, copyright. How, for example, in music, um, you guys heard of the Pharrell case, right? How Pharrell got sued for so many millions of dollars by sounding or just, just having the same vibe of a different song. Mm. He didn't sample any other song. He didn't do anything. He didn't he didn't use a, that that song that they were in question with, but they got sued and the the, the opposing party won because they had the same vibe. Mm. You know, and now people can get sued for having the same vibe of a song. Which basically changed. Now, here's this is a tricky thing in in the industry right now because that's a big conversation. Like, what is influence? What is sampling? What? How does it work? When in reality, if you really strip it down, the whole copyright thing. This was made by corporations. Actually, I'm just gonna single it out in one corporation. This was made so Disney can make more money. People think right now, oh, you know, it's it's to help these smaller artists so they don't get ripped off with 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 other companies like Forever Twenty One stealing that guy's design. That's nice, you know. That's a really nice topic. But if you think about it, creative work shouldn't be owned by one person, don't you think? Mm, because yeah. when you create something, when you create an artwork or like music, for sure this is going to be heard by more than one person. And you can't really control that influence moving forward. Yeah. You have to think it in the context of that. These works are community community driven. You know, they exist in a platform where a lot of people are gonna listen to it and a lot of people are gonna be influenced to it moving forward. So it's part of our nature. So who are who are we to say that this singular artwork or this singular music belongs to one person and one person only yeah when that person probably got influenced by another person by another person by another person you know i know this is this is such a hard topic to decipher because there's like so many definitions so many legal jargons that you have to go through but i'm just saying right now when this shit changes i you heard it here first (laughs) yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a big one the whole creativity legal landscape. Hot take, y'all. <laughs> we got insiders right here. Inside scoop on the industry. Okay, so... Why, mm-hmm. Yeah, lastly, this is why I personally feel that when I die, my artworks or everything that I've made are going to be in Creative Commons. Right? I'm going to create an ID that says I'm a creative uh, common donate donation person like like uh, how you donate your organs yeah when i die all of my works are going to be for yours to the taking or even now actually just take it 
for everyone. Yeah, as long as it's not, you know, my physical paintings, buy it. But <laughs> anything else, like, go ahead and sample it, reference it, whatever, whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Well, to end it off, um, I'm going to ask you this because this is funny. What's your favorite <laughs> Filipino word? <laughs> your favorite Filipino oh slang. God. You know what you don't like? What's my favorite word that I like? I guess, okay. Shout out to my homie right there, Tinapay. <laughs> it's Tinapay right now. That's the best thing. Get that Tinapay. Get this Tinapay. Let's get this tinapay. Uh, that's awesome. With that said, please, DJs, uh, tell our listeners where they can find you. It's more than just music. Please tell them um, where they can find your art, the different avenues, where to look you up, where to show some right. love and support. Can you plug your um, yeah, plug your work? Okay, cool. Um, if you want to dive into this rabbit hole of my creative experiences, um, please do uh, follow me on Instagram, I guess. It's my only social media right now. It's um, on Instagram. I'm at R-U-Z-A-R. That's A-R-E-Y-O-U-Z-A-R. Follow me on Instagram at R-U-Z-A-R. Oh, so I have a music Instagram, and that's a little happier. But generally, just DM me on Instagram, really. Uh, I got a website. It's www.ruzar.com. Instagram yeah. is the way to go. Holla at the DMs. Slide on down. Say yeah, okay. holla. How you Shoot doing? Your guy. Shoot your shot. Go <laughs> <laughs> claim an art piece. <laughs> awesome. No, but really, if you want to talk about art, if you want to talk about music, if you want to commission a piece, if you, if you want me in your general area near you someday soon, just uh. Holla at me on the Instagram. If you want a cup of coffee, he can make you coffee. Wonderful. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Really uh, grateful that you were able to join us all the way from the other side of the world. Hell yeah. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> Do you have any other closing remarks? All I got to say is... Let's get this to Napai. <laughs> get this to Napai. Thank you again to Zar for joining us on Filipino Friday's podcast. Such a great time talking to him and having a shared love of coffee, you know, with him and art. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, thank you so much, Zar, for joining us on the episode. Uh, we had a blast getting to talk to you about a whole range of things. And, you know, it's unbelievable that still Filipinos still get profiled wherever we are. You know, we get we still get stereotyped as domestic helpers or whatever. But really what needs to be recognized is the Filipino talent that is out there. You know, watch out for us. The future of Filipino art, the future of Filipino talent Man, some Filipino representation, some Filipino power up in here. Come on now. <laughs> Obviously so hyped to talk about Filipino culture and, and representing your culture. So, yeah, like let's continue to lift each other up, push each other forward, right? Support one another, show some love, and really be happy to see us be represented, to see our talent shine right no more of this Santa all business Nuh-uh. none of this nega bitter you know none of this bad vibes it ain't welcome here we're all about love we're all about inclusivity we're all about understanding 
So thank you again, Zar, for joining us on our episode. And of course, we are so excited to announce and let everybody know that Filipino Fridays podcast has been picked up on the radio. Here we are. (laughs) Of course, you guys can catch us drop an episode every Friday. But, you know, we got you, man. If you on Filipino time, right, you can find us every Mondays at 11 a.m. now on CITR 101.9 FM. So that is based out here in Vancouver, but it does have a broadcast um, online and can broadcast across BC. And CITR 101.9 FM is the the Broadcasting Voice of UBC, and it's situated on the unceded traditional Coast Salish territory of the Musqueam-speaking peoples. Thank you to CITR 101.9 for partnering with us. We are truly so thankful and grateful that we're able to have um, another audience that's able to learn about Filipino culture, to share more about our community, and of course, to share our culture with the rest of the world. So, Thank you, everybody, for joining us again. We have something special for you coming up. So watch out on our Insta. As always, follow us on Instagram at Filipino Fridays Podcast. And Archia, where can they email us? Contact at FilipinoFridays.com. Yeah, that's right. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Watch out again for the next episode. These are your hosts, OJ, Archie, and Archia. Let's get this tin up high.